0: This Thursday, March 18th, you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today on the College Football Daily, well, it's Thursday. That means it's Recruiting Thursday, which means our friends at the 24 7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast are delivering the goods. What is Blair and Gulo? What is his his legion of, of recruiting analysts and experts? What do they have cooked up for us? I'm excited to find out. I'm sure you are too. Stay tuned for all of that after the break. Before that though, gosh, I mean, we got so much good stuff here in the CBS Sports Network of Podcasts. Have you subscribed yet to the Ion College Basketball Podcast? I mean, you have to because the madness of March is upon us and the Ion College Basketball Podcast is your audio guide for the entire in a tournament over the next few weeks Gary Parish and Matt Norlander will take you from selection Sunday it's already happened a few days ago to the net cutting in Indianapolis this week like right now they'll help you fill out your bracket and then they'll provide recaps after each day of action as the tournament tips off. If you want the best March Madness analysis, subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. And then once again, yeah, it's Thursday. It's recruiting Thursdays on the College Football Daily. And, and usually the NCAA tournament starts by now. So if you haven't done your bracket, you're just lucky that the schedule is different this year. Everything tips off tomorrow. So do your bracket and subscribe to the Ion College Basketball podcast. Okay. Enough plugging. Well, not quite enough plugging because we're going to take a break and then we're going to have the recruiting podcast. All the experts there tell you what you need to know in the world of college football recruiting. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style,
1: Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Blair Angulo. We've got a loaded episode for you today. We're going to break down a fast-rising program that just went up to number two in the team rankings. We're also going to go in-depth on what happened at the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Dallas, Texas. And we're bringing on the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wiltfong, to break it all down. Steve, how are are we doing?
2: Blair, doing well. Long time no see, brother.
1: (laughs) It was great to catch up with you. It was great to see you down in the Lone Star State to see what really was one of the most stacked camps i've ever been to in in my decade plus of doing this and being in this business but we're going to save that conversation for after the break for the second segment let's start at the top right now with Notre Dame the quite quite the run that they're on they just landed another big time commitment this week and they are up to number 2 in the team rankings for the 2022 class
2: yeah, they landed Joshua Burnham, a top two four seven, top one hundred recruit out of Traverse City, Michigan uh, Central High School, a six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pounds, second level defender. Because there's a lot of versatility with this young man, who was a running back as a sophomore, was the quarterback a- as a junior, and had over three thousand yards of, of total offense, passing and, and rushing combined, and, and, and still was ferocious on the defensive side of the ball. And when he arrives in South Bend, he'll be the most physically imposing player. In in Notre Dame's linebacker room, and, and if you've watched Notre Dame on Saturdays, they've been a pretty big football team uh, as of late. And Joshua Burnham taking that standard to to another level. He's the jewel of a class that ranks number two nationally in the twenty four seven Sports composite. Like he said, and I think the strength of the class right now is what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you have Burnham joining Tyson Ford, a six foot five, two hundred forty five pound defensive lineman who might who who I think is going to bring some defense uh, versus to that defensive front he's going to come in as a guy on the edge but already 6'5 245 maybe he's ultimately a guy that Notre Dame can move around on that front and he can give you a pass rush presence from the middle uh, on third down when you're getting a bunch of pass rushers on the field pinning their ears back and, and going after the quarterback Jaden Mickey also recently committed to them Greg Viggins our guy had the story of the Corona Centennial uh, four-star Five foot 11 and a half, 175 pounds, great length, can run, change of direction guy. And then Nolan Ziegler is a six foot four, 210 pound safety Viper linebacker Rover out of Grand Rapids, uh, uh, Central Catholic, Grand Rapids, the home of our guy, Alan True. But Nolan Ziegler's a, a four star recruit with us. And Aiden Gobera, six foot six, 235 pound defensive end out of Chantilly, Virginia, off to a fantastic start as a junior. His season got moved to the spring. He's living in the backfield. Right now, these guys are big, they're versatile, and and they still have a lot of runway, a lot of upside physically. Joshua Burnham, back to him. I said he's six foot four, 215, but that's still, he's still kind of lean on parts of his parts of his physique so uh, uh coach ballas over there notre dame strength and conditioning coach who's one of the best in america proven by uh, the way notre dame performs at the nfl combine year in and year out these guys have a lot of way to get a lot better physically uh, at notre dame and, and bring a lot of versatility to new defensive coordinator marcus freeman's scheme
1: that was going to be my next question. I love the segue. Commits from all over the place, right? As you would expect with Notre Dame being able to recruit nationally, they are a national brand. They're going to appeal to prospects from across the country. That's no secret. But the fact that they lost their defensive coordinator, Clark Lee, who took the head coaching job at Vanderbilt, and the way they're recruiting on the defensive side of the ball in this 2022 class, does
2: that surprise you? Well, I think that this is the standard that that Notre Dame should always be recruiting at, particularly with the way that they've been playing on the field. They've had they've had four straight seasons of, uh, of double-digit wins. They've played in two of the last three college football playoffs. They've had 16 players drafted over the last three years. Going into this year's draft, where several more Notre Dame players are going to hear their name called. And then when you look off the field, Blair, they graduate damn near anyone that enrolls there. So, and so you're getting that distinguished degree. I think that when you look at a guy like Marcus Freeman, I mean, Notre Dame was obviously already, recruiting well and recruiting at a high level when when I, when I you talk about the results uh, uh, that I just spewed out. But I think that Notre Dame is trying to go from a college football semifinalist to how do we win two more games, right? And so uh, using an analogy of a golfer, if you go out and start playing, it's easy to go from 120 to 100. And it's even, it, it's still kind of easy to Go from hundred to eighty-five, and 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 then it starts to get a little harder to go from eighty-five into the seventies, right? Trimming strokes at that point is a detail here, a detail there, and so here's Notre Dame. They're shooting in the low seventies. There, you know, their handicap is zero, right? They're trying to, you know, get into that Alabama realm, that that Clemson realm, and and push through and win a national title, and that's going to be done by adding a couple more. Difference makers on the recruiting trail. If you add two or three more guys that maybe you weren't getting previously, because I think Notre Dame has left some some difference makers out there uh, a couple of cycle. If you're getting those guys, Blair, you're that's if it's two a year, that's eight on your roster theoretically, because it's two times four years. It's eight difference makers you left out there, and, and maybe those are the guys that are the difference in getting you over the hump, or or maybe you know if if you're elevate you know Ian Book had a really good career but you know elevating that quarterback room and getting it in position to always be competing for a national title that's kind of where you 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 start to scrutinize a Notre Dame team that's in terrific shape so it's not you know and, and so here you look at this class that Notre Dame has right now Josh Burnham and Tyson Ford are guys that probably end up elsewhere if Marcus Freeman isn't on the staff. Tyson Ford was an Oklahoma commit silently. Marcus Freeman gets there, says, let's take one more swing at him. Mike Elston, who did a terrific job, Notre Dame, was in the top two. Marcus Freeman comes in, pushes it over the top with a good conversation. They get Tyson Ford. Joshua Burnham, probably a Michigan lean for much of the, the process. Now, Michigan had some coaching turnover too with their defensive coordinator, Don Brown, leaving and their linebackers coach, Brian Jean-Mary, uh, taking a job at Tennessee. But I think Marcus Freeman being able to come in and, and 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 sell what I said at the top about Notre Dame, the tradition, recent tradition, academic, the opportunity to almost be guaranteed your degree and play at a high level and play in big games, that extra push, that extra effort, uh, by Marcus Freeman, got those two guys. And those are the two jewels of the class. They're probably elsewhere. They're not in Notre Dame's class, which would still be a pretty good class if they're not in it. But but now they're in it and they're the best two players in the class, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, well, going back to
1: trimming off strokes off your golf game, I, I think keeping your your front hip closed and, and maybe having a, a smooth swing, I think those are all really key for you know taking that next step. In, what are you your
2: golf shooting, game? Blair?
1: I, you- I shoot in the low 90s.
2: Right. So, so you kind of understand where I'm going with that though. Like, it's hard to start shaving strokes the better you get. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame's at this fantastic level, they're in tier one of college football. But they're, you know, the guy who's regularly putting on the green jacket is, is Nick Saban. And, and, and you know, Dabo Sweeney has been able to also get that green jacket a couple times using a CBS, the Masters reference. Notre Dame, they're trying to trim a couple strokes and get there. And it's going to be done on the recruiting trail by shoring up quarterback recruiting, getting that room and championship level shape and, and making sure that the guys that you're supposed to get year in and year out, a guy like maybe a Paulson Adebo who goes to Stanford instead of Notre dame those are the recruiting wins or thomas graham who you had committed who ended up going to oregon those are guys that i I could have been a difference maker for notre dame in these big games at the end of the year when they're playing against clemson and alabama and trying to win all the marbles
1: And, and i think right now what's very impressive and you've mentioned this on this podcast before is the fact that notre dame is recruiting at this level without the ability to take recruits on campus for official visits, for in-person meetings, for what that place does once you set foot on campus as a recruit, right? Because there's a lot of appeal there for Notre Dame, the prestige, the history. And when you're not able to get on campus, as has been the case for, for over a year now, I think that really goes to show you the relationships and the amount of recruiting that this staff is doing and the recruiting pool that those college football playoff appearances have had on on the recruiting trail, so Notre Dame right now number two, right behind Ohio State uh, and ahead of LSU, Georgia, and Texas A&M in that order. Those five round out the top five in the 2022 team recruiting rankings. Steve, is there anyone right now that you have your your eyes set on, or any other couple programs that you think are on the rise that are that are potentially close to taking that next step?
0: Yeah,
2: well, I think the the first place you look, and here's the programs that I think are already in the mix, right? You got Alabama, of course. You got Clemson, of course. You got Ohio State, of course. I think Georgia's extremely talented coming into the season, and they're one to reckon with. LSU wins the title two years ago, so they're in the picture, Oklahoma, the annual big 12 champs can't point to them, although I think they've elevated they're, they're actually kind of in that same situation as Notre Dame right? So let me walk that back. I think the way Oklahoma's recruited on defense the past couple cycles, particularly this last one, I think gets them closer to winning two uh, at the end of the season and, and hoisting that crystal ball. so so I really think that Oklahoma is, is in that same they're in that same spot as Notre Dame. They're kind of both those programs are are hand in hand, trying to climb the last couple rings uh, uh, to the to the mountaintop and win the title. I think that you would give Georgia a step on the on those two programs as they've won a playoff game and, and played in, in, in the championship. But Texas A&M is kind of at the top of the next tier, ready to break through. In my opinion, their defense, they had the number one defense in the SEC last year, and they just keep adding blue chippers on that side of the ball on all three levels. They're going to be terrific on defense. I'm excited to see what Haynes King can do uh, for them under center. Haynes King, is the, I was told, is the fastest player on the team. Obviously, you know, we'll see how he is on, on on reading defenses and 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 being accurate with the football. But certainly when he tucks it and runs it, he's going to be exciting for the Aggies if he's the one that wins the job. And and I think that Texas AM, how their offensive line gels this year will be big and what kind of success they have because they're going to keep points off the board no matter who they play. And and I think they got some playmakers in their running back, receiver, and tight end rooms. So they're kind of in a gap year on offense with with their quarterback and in an offensive line situation, but if it comes together quickly, they could be scary. Good. Uh, I think North Carolina is incredibly exciting Blair with the way that they've recruited quarterback in in the defensive. Well, really everything, you know, they, they've had uh two straight top 25 classes, top 20 classes. They've recruited the defensive line as, as well as anybody nationally they've recruited that quarterback room as well as anybody nationally. And they've added a ton of speed to the defensive and offensive skill positions. They come into the season with a three year starter and, and Sam Howell, who, I, you know, you talk to folks around Chapel Hill, they'll obviously tell you he's the best quarterback in, in college football, and he's got a lot. He's got a lot of game experience. Touted freshman D-line that they brought in last year played a lot. I- I'm real excited about where, where the Tar Heels are going uh, as a program, and I think Phil Longo and, and Jay Bateman there have a really good working relationship, and that's a, a really good OCDC duo that that Mac Brown uh, put together there in Chapel Hill, and I think Penn State's in position to have a bounce back Year and I I just love the way that they recruit. James Franklin's had three eleven win seasons. They've knocked on the door of the college football playoff a few times. Uh, They're talented. They're not scared of Ohio State. They're an evaluation and development program, kind of similar to Notre Dame, uh, where they recruit guys with high ceilings and they have a great strength and conditioning program. And again, that shows up at the NFL Combine when. The Nittany Lions walk in the door, and they just landed a guy that I think, uh, I think you think we we think is a consensus. Then Drew Aller, who they beat Notre Dame on, who I think could be a special quarterback for them out of the state of Ohio, who probably you know ends up at Ohio State if Ohio State doesn't, you know, go down and land the number one quarterback and number one player in the country in in Quinn Ewers. And so Ohio State, they can't sign them all. As James Franklin says, recruiting is about who you get, who you don't get, and not who you don't get. And, and, and so the guys you get, what are their ceilings? Can you put them in the right scheme to be successful? Uh, I think that Penn State has, has proven that they can take Ohio State to the wire. And, and, and so that's the uh, other program there that I'm watching closely going into the season.
1: Yeah, the Nittany Lions right now with eight four-star commitments, oh, and number Oregon. six in the team recruiting rankings.
2: How do we uh, forget Oregon, Blair? This That would have been criminal. You know, a couple straight Pac-12 championships for Oregon. Another top-10 class for them. That's two top-10 classes in the last three years. They've recruited the offensive line as well as anybody nationally. They've they've inc- recruited some exciting quarterbacks. Ty Thompson being the latest. A lot of speed. They brought in a massive receiver class. Those guys have tremendous size and and, and speed. Uh, uh, the guys that they signed in in, in 2021. Those guys are going to be tough to match up with uh, in the Pac-12 when you're talking about. Um, talking about Troy Franklin and uh, Isaiah Brevard, who's 6'4", 200 pounds and can run. And those tight ends in your neck of the woods, uh, Terrence Ferguson and then Maliki Matabea, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, 230, 240 uh, between the both of them. I really think Joe Moorhead's offense typically takes off in year two uh, of him being with the program. So I expect Oregon to to really make some noise on offense this year. And then, of course, they've, they've done a good job recruiting on the other side of the ball. So those are, those are your programs. I do think that there's, I probably think there's more parity in college football than others. My tier one is bigger than a lot of people's. But for the people that have the small tier one argument, what standard are you holding yourself to at home? I want to know. Are you <laughs> existing excellence wherever you are? to say that an Oklahoma or a Notre Dame is in a tier one program uh, is beyond me. Yeah. So
1: the Ducks right now aiming to get the fourth straight number one spot in the Pac-12. If you want to hear more about the Pac-12, we recorded a podcast last week. Check back on the feed. We're going to be right back with more with Steve Wolfong here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. The Madness is upon us and the Eye on College Basketball podcast is your audio guide for the entire NCA tournament. Over the next two weeks, Gary Parish and Matt Norlander will take you from Selection Sunday to the net cutting in Indianapolis. This week, they'll help you fill out your bracket and then provide recaps after each day of action as the tournament tips off. If you want the best March Madness analysis, subscribe to the Eye on College Basketball podcast anywhere you find this one. Now Steve we were in Dallas Texas the weather was a little bit different than I'm used to out west uh here in southern California we don't get the the weird thunderstorms rolling through there was some some weather that we had to deal with and the camp itself though was something else I mean the the amount of talent that collected on that field in Arlington, Texas. It seemed like every player that walked through the gate had at least one Power 5 offer. The matchups that we were able to see were terrific. The position groups across the board, whether that that was in the trenches or at running back or at receiver or at linebacker, I mean, everywhere you you saw, you saw star power.
2: Yeah, man, I mean, I'm telling you what, and I'm going to the Under Armour event in Atlanta this weekend, and it's going to be the same. There, there's so many talented football players in, in in the Lone Star State and in the Peach State, and that's why you see so many guys go under the radar. Under the radar is not the right term. goes back to my point. Ohio State, they can't sign everybody. They get the guys they get, and, and they, they hope they're the right guys. And, uh, and so with that There's so many guys in Texas. The Blue Bloods can only sign so many of them. Iowa can come in and get NFL guys. Iowa State can come in and get NFL guys. Oklahoma State certainly comes in and gets NFL guys from there. And and you see there's so many guys on the field with so much potential. Uh, uh, Maybe they're not the the most touted guys or the Ballyhooed recruits, or they're not the guys hearing from Jimbo Fisher or Steve Sarkeesian or, or Lincoln Riley regularly, but they have a ton of upside, and they're the guys that go to the next wave of Power Five Schools and 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 help them get in the conversation of maybe winning a conference title or having exciting seasons and you know take Chris McClellan or Chase McClellan man the the, the defensive tackle from Oklahoma who I thought was one of the more explosive players at the event six foot four two hundred ninety pounds great length had an off the chart shuttle he's got an official visit scheduled for Florida in June so kudos to the Gator staff for making him a priority but he's a guy that the Big Twelve powers weren't even aren't even like pushing for you know maybe that'll change moving forward once the they're able to watch video from this camp and 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 see those testing results but there's just so many good players in that area
1: yeah there were i mean going through the roster you see some players that don't have a a lot of looks and, and you wonder why and 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 that's kind of a testament to what you said that the the amount of talent that that there is in texas is is kind of mind-numbing and in that region as a whole and and this camp was was obviously one of the better ones that we've ever been to uh let's start at the top we we put out a top performers list that you can go and read over at 24 7 sports from the under armor dallas camp series stop and the alpha dog was a cornerback by the name of terrence brooks who had a a phenomenal day no matter no matter who he matched up with and and no matter who stepped uh, across from him in one-on-one.
2: Yeah, he matched up with the dudes of the event too. Evan Stewart, the number five receiver in the land, Taylor Sheetron, an All-American who's committed to Oklahoma, Jonte Cook, who's got a big offer list, Cordell, Cordell Russell, a 2023 who are boots on the ground, are our, our writers that live in the area that cover respective schools, uh, uh, love him, have seen him a bunch. You know, he locked he locked these guys down. You know, you see why he has over 30 offers and why he's a priority for for Oklahoma and Notre Dame, Michigan, Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama's in there. You know, he's got got a ton of opportunities. He plays at a small school uh, in Plano at John Paul. Uh, So this was an opportunity for him to go out there and and, and go head-to-head one-to-one with some of the more coveted receivers in the country. And, man, he was terrific, has a ton of confidence. He's long. He still, if you kind of look at him, blair i don't know if there's a, a smooth way to explain it but he you know he's still definitely got a lot of runway from a physical standpoint like he's still kind of he's not as swolled up as he's going to be if that makes sense you know so which i like because you know he's just kind of out there on natural ability and it'll be interesting what he turns into with a college strength and conditioning program because he's already exceptional
1: yeah, he's not a finished product by any means, and one of the more impressive one-on-one reps that he took was was against Evan Stewart, the recently decommitted prospect that was for for a for a little while committed to the Texas Longhorns. What's the latest on Evan Stewart and his recruitment as he opens things up?
2: Those reps against Evan Stewart were pretty awesome in the sense that I think
1: they both embraced it, right? And 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 I love when we go to camps and players don't shy away from that competition and. They know that one guy is not going to win the rep and the other guy is going to lose it. And 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 I think they know that they want to get better and they don't back away from that challenge. And I I, I actually love the fact that both of them uh, really embrace that challenge.
2: And not only that, I mean, I think you could go back and look at the two reps that they took against each other. And Evan, Evan created some space and got open. It would have took a big time throw to get them the football. And so maybe you are in a situation where, you know, the quarterback's gotta go elsewhere because Terrence has got him in a good spot. But the right quarterback, Evan Stewart created some space and and got open. And he in my opinion, he he didn't do anything to hurt his hurt his claim to be receiver number one after seeing just how athletic and smooth and explosive he is in, in that setting. And and his recruitment's gonna be a war decommitted from Texas. He says the Longhorns are still in the mix, but I think he's got a keen eye on the SEC. He's going to take an official visit to Florida in June. That's going to be a massive recruiting weekend for, for Florida. Florida and Penn State have both lined up some big recruiting weekends in June. I don't know if that's the right strategy or not yet. I reserve the right to change my mind later. These guys are going to be excited to get on the road. I don't know if I want the first OV. I don't, I don't know if I do or don't but I, I'm not sure I do. That makes sense. <laughs> Florida, Florida's lining up a monster a weekend uh, and Evan Stewart's going to be part of it. And, and his seven on seven quarterback, Nick Evers is committed to the Gators um, and, and they have a good report. Florida's gonna have to battle some other elite schools. Alabama loves them. They're pushing hard. Jay Valai, uh new, new hire there at Alabama. That's his best relationship, he said. Uh so he 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 loves connecting with Coach Jay. And everything else about Alabama obviously speaks for itself um, with their receiver development, especially recently with, with what they've done at receiver. You know, no one can top it. Rugs, first rounder, first receiver off the board, Judy, first rounder. Devontae Smith wins the Heisman Trophy. He's gonna be a first rounder. Um, that's just just unbelievable, and and so uh, Alabama's in there. LSU is a major factor for Evan as well. Just like he's close with Nick Evers, his seven-on-seven quarterback last year was Garrett Nussmeyer, who's a true freshman at LSU now. He said they have a great connection. You know, I just listed off uh, what what uh, uh, Alabama's done at the receiver position. You know, LSU just had the best rookie wideout in the NFL. Uh, in Jefferson you got Jamar chase coming and, and, and some of these other guys they they' they're, they've certainly produced at that position and we'll have a lot to say in that recruitment a m's in there as well as they look for a fourth straight top 10 class under Jimbo Fisher I said man he's going to take these visits he says he's going to start with the in-state schools but he liked in the visit to Florida so recruiting's fluid. I just know that I expect Evan to go to December. I forgot to mention Georgia. Georgia was the team to beat for Evan even before he committed to Texas. And, and so they will be a factor until the end. And, and he likes Cortez Hankton there and, and says they have a good report. And we've
1: seen recruits before document their official visits on Instagram or, or Twitter or wherever else. But he's a TikTok superstar. I'm wondering what creative videos he's going to be able to put together on TikTok once he gets on these campuses.
2: There's no doubt in my mind we're going to see Dan Mullen and Kirby Smart and those guys in a 15 second TikTok video.
1: That's that's great. I, I can't wait. I might download TikTok just for that reason alone.
2: Uh, I learned this week you don't have to download it. You can watch all these videos and not even have a uh, not even have a membership. All right. Well, I I learned that
1: today, so I will I will definitely check that out. There were a few a few other notable recruiting tidbits that came out of the, the weekend with five-star offensive lineman Devin Campbell. He doesn't seem to be close to making a decision. It sounds like he's going to take it all the way to the early signing period as the high caliber prospects would, but it does seem like there are a handful of programs that are sticking out in his recruiting battle.
2: What a ferocious player he was too, right, Blair?
1: Super impressive they
2: don't build them out they don't
1: build them like that out here on the west coast i will say that that there were some guys that i saw that physically you just don't see in california
2: we only got to see in this camp setting four offensive line reps for him and he was one of the lucky ones to get four a lot of the kids only got two they did position drills and some other stuff but in the one-on-ones they did four and he He is just a ferocious, just nasty competitor at the point of attack. Just has a a mean streak to him with great feet. He can anchor. He's thickly built. He's a wide body that can move. He just plays with a different mindset uh, in the trenches. So love what I saw from him. Five-star prospect, in my opinion. He is uh, going to take his recruitment to December, according to his uncle. He said his dad's not going to let him decide early. You know, Texas isn't very much in there. Very familiar with the Longhorns and m he like he's high on the Aggies coach Henson and, and 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 those guys Texas A&M's in on a lot of a lot of in state uh, offensive linemen Alabama certainly a contender it's the usual suspects right LSU I mean Texas LSU Texas A&M are the schools recruiting them the hardest you got Florida State doing a good job in there the Knowles have a top 10 class right now and, and they're doing a good job UFC is pushing extremely hard as well But I I, I think right now, Texas and LSU are two schools that I kind of have my eye on for him, you know, with the right to change my mind as his process continues
1: when it came to the 2022 class one of the prospects that really caught my eye was ish harris and then he was playing running back i know he can play some safety he can play some linebacker he's a very versatile athlete but his recruiting battle is also pretty interesting he was taking a couple self-guided visits he's making stops at oklahoma and AM and and texas uh he's prioritizing some of those schools in, in that region what's your vibe on ish harris and what potentially he could play at the next level because i, I feel like he can do it all
2: well i think he's a backer on the next level if he's you know that's a mentality position as much as anything so if he's got the the mentality to play the position he's certainly got the athleticism and frame to just be special there's not many running backs that look like him. I'm not trying to sell him short, but there's just not many running backs that look like him in the NFL. You know, go do your thing-ish and, and be be the next Ish Harris. Uh, but I, I like it. I project him at backer, but he's just a natural football player. I mean, he's not, he's got natural ball skills, which are relevant at linebacker when you're trying to turn the ball over, right? And so the schools you mentioned, you know, were the ones he told me were standing out. Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M, I don't, I don't have a sense from there who to call it for but he was he was definitely an exciting prospect
1: yeah really liked what we saw out of ish harris um and anything else steve that that you wanted to discuss or any other prospects that maybe caught your attention that you didn't really know much about
2: no man i think we're good i just want to get out and work on my golf game (laughs) <laughs> i like it steve like
1: Wiltfong. he is the director of recruiting for 247 sports you can follow him on twitter at s Wiltfong 247 steve safe travels
2: yeah man take care of y'all if you guys need anything from me questions can be asked on the 24 7 sports blueboard. i have a thread there recruit q a anything you ever need to know i'm in there answering answering it with the facts that i think i have at hand
1: and that is Steve Wilfong. He will be in Atlanta this coming weekend for the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Georgia. So make sure you stay locked in over at 24-7 Sports for all the latest news, top performers, and recruiting buzz from that and other events. That'll do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening for the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast